Somewhere in this room, there is an Easter egg that contains a piece of paper and $5. If you find it, you get to keep the $5. There's an Easter egg. It's purple. I think it's purple. That's not it. <laughs> Ashton found it. That was loud. Come here. Where's your, you got your phone with your Bible? Get, get it out. We are starting a series called Easter Eggs in the Easter Story. Now, Easter Eggs, what do you do with Easter Eggs? You hide them, right? Okay. If you, if you watch a, uh, like a movie, a DVD, a lot of times they'll have Easter Eggs on them. That's little hidden things in the movie, little hidden features, right? Okay. So somebody tell me what are like the big main points of the Easter Story? Jesus died on the cross and he was resurrected. Those are the two, three days later. Those are the two biggest points of the Easter story. That is true. But uh, the next three weeks, we're going to dig into some of the smaller points, some of the characters that maybe aren't as popular, uh, some of the stories that are part of the Easter story that are not as well known. Come on up. Find the Bible verse that's, that's on there. In the, there's a piece of paper in the egg. In the egg, there's a piece of paper. has a Bible verse. I need you to find that. So... For the next three weeks, because Easter is three Sundays away, the next three weeks we're going to be looking at Easter eggs in the Easter story, little hidden stories within the Easter story that you may not know about, or you might, I don't know. So we are in John chapter 12, starting in verse 1 and going through verse 6. Ashton is pulling it up on her phone. This is the cost of winning the $5, is that... uh, she is going to read this scripture for us as soon as she gets it. Six days before the Passover, Jesus came to Bethany where Lazarus lived, whom Jesus had raised from the dead. Here a dinner was given in Jesus' honor. Martha served while Lazarus was among those reclining at the table with him. Then Mary took about a pint of pure nard, an expensive perfume. She poured it on Jesus' feet and wiped it his feet with her hair, and the house was filled with the fragrance of this perfume. But one of the disciples, Judas Iscariot, was later carried to betray him, objected, why wasn't this perfume sold and the money given to the poor? It was worth a year's wages. He did not say this because he cared about the poor, but because he was a thief, a keeper of the money bag. He 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 used to help himself to what was put into it. Good job, Ashton. Thank you very much. Yes, sir. Nard is an expensive perfume. All right, so here, here. So, so I want you to imagine this. I want you to imagine this. I want you to imagine this, okay? You're at dinner with a bunch of friends, okay? Anybody ever had dinner with a bunch of friends? Yeah? Okay, so you haven't, I know some of y'all don't have friends. That's okay. You're at dinner with a whole bunch of friends and... Everybody's just kind of chilling, you know, you got the, but, and there's one guy who's like, he's that, you know, like every group kind of has the one person who's kind of the leader of the group, right? So the leader of your group, uh, all of a sudden, this girl comes up, one of the girls in the group gets up, she takes a really expensive bottle of perfume or a bottle of cologne, and she dumps the whole thing on him. She dumps the whole thing on him. It's a little weird in our, in our society, Okay. But uh, then she dumps it on him, and then she kneels down, and she starts to wash his feet with it. 
okay? But it gets weirder, okay? That's not, she uses her hair to wash his feet. She don't have no washcloths. She don't have paper towels. She's using her hair, okay? So that's what happened in this story. Like, the, Harley asked what nard is. Nard is a really expensive perfume, okay? So she, seriously, this girl gets up. She, she takes this bottle of perfume, dumps it on him. Uh, some of the other versions mention that she puts it on his head. This version mentions she puts it on his feet. Now, remember that day when they were reclining, they were literally like sitting on the floor, so the head and the feet weren't quite so far apart. That's not quite as awkward. I mean, it's still awkward, but, you know. Uh, so she dumps his perfume on him. Then she takes her hair and starts to wipe his feet and wash his feet, okay? So here's a question. Why would she do that? Why? Why would she do that, huh? She wanted her hair to smell good. I don't think that's the reason why. I mean, that may have been a side effect, but uh, I don't think that was the primary reason why she did this. Why did she do it? Yes. To honor God. Yes, what were you going to say? Oh, you're reading my notes. Okay. Yes. I'm about to tell you. You're right. She wanted to honor God. She wanted to worship God. See, think about it. Remember this. Back in the day, they didn't have sneakers. What did they wear? Sandals. Or no, right, either sandals or no shoes. Now, I walk around all day in sandals and barefoot. Like, I come in here, I leave my sandals by the door, I walk around barefoot. So, my feet are kind of gross. It's a little nasty, okay? It's a little gross. So yeah, so imagine this. Now that's now I showered this morning and I washed my feet this morning, okay. And that's just after one day of walking around inside. Imagine you're walking around outside all day. They probably didn't get to shower every day because they're walking long distances and stuff. Imagine how nasty their feet were. That's gross. Now, you asked how this is honoring God because. But because their feet were always so gross, when you entered into somebody's house, there was a, a place for you to wash your feet. It was just kind of uh, natural. That was the custom in that day. Just like, you know, we wash our hands before we eat. They wash their feet when they got to somebody's house, okay? And so his feet are probably really nasty. And so this girl, she wants to worship God. You're right. She wants to honor God. And so Mary goes to wash his feet. That's what she's going to do. Now, you've got to know a little bit about Mary, there's three different Marys in the New Testament that have interactions with Jesus. There's Mary, the mother of Jesus, Mary Magdalene. This is the, different, this is the third Mary. Who's Mary's brother? No. Lazarus. Lazarus. Anybody know what happened to Lazarus? Yes. That's right. Lazarus died younger than, uh, you know, he died a, a young death. And that's the verse in the Bible where it says Jesus wept is when he found out that Lazarus was dead. But Jesus shows up and raises Lazarus from the dead anyways because he's Jesus and he doesn't do funerals. So Jesus shows up. And now you got to know Lazarus had been dead for three days. And when you're dead for three days, you start to smell funky. Okay, the Bible says that. It says when, when the people are like, hey, open, this, open the grave. When Jesus said open the grave. And they're all like, uh, Jesus, it's going to smell in there. He's like, just open the grave. You know, they open the grave, Lazarus come forth, Carmen singing, and, uh, and Lazarus comes out. He's wrapped in his dead clothes, you know, he helps, he's like, you know, he comes out of the grave, and I totally stole that from Mark Lowry, and I'll, I'll give him the credit, but uh, so that is her brother. 
So she has seen Jesus do his thing. She knows that Jesus is worth being worshipped, okay? When, when somebody raises your brother from the dead, you like that guy. I know, some of y'all are like, ah, I hate my brother. Just, you know, go with me, okay? As you grow older, you'll learn to cherish your siblings. And then if they die and Jesus raises them from the dead, you'll appreciate it. Huh? Yeah, see, Amanda's crying thinking about Audrey going to college right now. So, uh, yeah, she's welcome. So... That is the the story of Mary and Lazarus and Jesus. So Mary is a friend of Jesus. She loves Jesus. And so she knows that Jesus deserves her worship. And so she's she's, I'm going to worship Jesus. So she takes this bottle of perfume, okay, and uh, and she dumps it on his feet. Now let's talk about three things about the way that Mary worshipped Jesus, okay? Three things about the way... Mary worshiped Jesus. Now, if you know the whole storyline, this is on a Saturday night dinner, okay? This is Saturday night. Everybody's hanging out. We know that Mary, Martha, and Lazarus are there. It's at the home of a guy named Simon the leper who Jesus had healed of leprosy earlier in the, in, in the book. So that's at least four people. Then you got Jesus and how many disciples? Twelve plus five. There's at least 17 people there, probably some assorted hangers-on and whatnot. So we got a crowd here. And she does this. So the first thing, and this is the first blank if, you wanna, if, you wanna, if you're a writer like that, Jesus or Mary worshiped Jesus publicly. Okay? There's a lot of people here like we just mentioned. We know that uh, there's at least 17 we just talked about. And Mary didn't pull Jesus. She said, Jesus, can you, can you come here? You know, because you know, we do that sometimes, right? Like, hey, hey come here. I got to talk to you for a second. You know, let me talk to you for a minute. Right? She didn't do that. He's chilling at the table. Everybody's there. She comes up. She dumps this thing, and she does this deal uh, right there in front of everybody else. She's washing his, his gross feet. Now, you say, okay, so how does that apply to our life? It's very simple. It's a very simple question. Is your Christian walk, is your faith, is your worship of Jesus public knowledge? If you, when you mention to your friends that you're going to church, do they ever get surprised? I hope not. We'll talk about that in a second. I, I hope your friends are not surprised when you tell them you're going to church. Because if they're surprised, that means you're not living a public faith in there. When you are with your friends, do they know that you're a Christian? Now, listen, I'm not saying you got to walk around with a guitar singing Jesus loves me, this I know all the time, right? We can't, like, you know, I mean, I'm not saying that because that's not... Realistic, we have to live our lives and we have to be in the world but not of the world. But here's the thing. We have got to make sure that our Christian life is known to those around us. Does our lifestyle, does the way we treat people tell them that we love Jesus? Does, you know, are we treating people good or are we treating them really bad? Because if we're treating them bad, that's not very Jesus-like, right? And, and we're called to be like Jesus. So that's the first thing. Mary worshiped Jesus publicly and everybody knew it. And so we have to worship Jesus publicly. And when I say worship, I'm not talking about just music. I'm talking about a lifestyle of, of living for Jesus. Now, a little later in the story, Judas Iscariot says, why did she do that? That perfume was worth a year's wages. I did, I did a little bit of research, and I found a bunch of different numbers, around even kind of median number. For today in America, the average wage is about $30,000 a year, okay? Just, just kind of a round number. So imagine a bottle of perfume that costs $30,000. For reference, my truck was $15,000, okay? So imagine a bottle of perfume 
that is worth twice what my truck is. Better make you look Chuck Norris. Really, that's where you're going? Make you look like Chuck Norris? You want to be in your 70s with a beard? Like, I don't get that. Uh, Zac Efron, Brad Pitt. You know, I don't know. If you're into George Clooney, I don't know. Anyways. Justin Bieber. Oh, no. Come on now. No. No. You don't want to look like a girl. Uh, I'm sorry. That was mean. I don't like Justin Bieber. If you're a girl, Jennifer Lawrence, maybe, okay, so, you know, I, she's pretty. So here's the thing, so here's the thing, here, here, stay with me, stay with me, stay with me. This is an expensive bottle of perfume. That's an expensive bottle of perfume. That's not an easy thing to do, right? And so she worshiped Jesus sacrificially. That's the second fill in the blank if you're filling on blanks, okay? No, I don't think it was, I bet she had to think long and hard about that. I mean, even though Jesus had raised her brother from the dead, she had seen him do miracles, it's never easy to do that. I don't believe that it was for her to do that. But she did it anyways because she was giving sacrificially and she was worshiping sacrificially. You say, I don't have $30,000. Don't worry, me neither, okay? I'm not saying you got to give $30,000, although if you have that and you want to, we'll take it. We'll get a new youth room. But... Uh, um, what I am saying is this, our lifestyle, our, our lifestyle of worshiping Jesus has to be sacrificial. It's really easy for us to just give Jesus the leftovers. You know how I love this, I love going to dinner or to meals with uh, families that have little kids, because little kids never eat their food, and Daniel, what is it, what's dad's prerogative? Guess to eat the leftovers, man. Dad, dad always eats the leftovers, Right? I know it. it tr my dad did it. I'm going to do it, God willing. You know, it's the way dads work, okay? We always eat the leftovers. Here's the thing. God doesn't want the leftovers, okay? What if this, what if you went to dinner with your dad and you knew there's more on your plate than you can eat, but instead of waiting until you were done to give him a chunk, you cut it off while it was hot and fresh. Said, here, dad, I'm probably not going to eat this chunk. You can go ahead and have this part of my burger or this part of my whatever, you can have, I know I'm not going to eat all five of these chicken fingers. Go ahead and have one of these while it's hot and fresh. Okay, that's weird. We don't normally do that. But, but that's what she did. She gave sacrificially. This is expensive stuff. Now, for us, you say, I don't really have that much money to give God. That's okay. You give what you can. But, but I think when you're a teenager, I think the biggest thing we can give God is time. I know from, for me and for a lot of you guys, that's the thing. And so here's the thing. It's really easy for us to... Right at the end of the day, we've been up for, 12, for 14 hours. You've had a long day of school and start testing and homework. And right before you get out of bed, you open up the Bible. All right, God, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you a little bit of time. And you start reading. And then the next thing you know, your alarm is going off, and it's the next morning. And you read three sentences and fell asleep. Anybody ever done that? I have done that. It's okay. But here's the deal. That is giving God the leftovers. Okay, that's leftovers. That's not good time. You're not focused. You're not, you're not aware of what God's trying to teach you in those times you got to give him some good time, okay? You say, I'm not awake first thing in the morning. Okay, so don't do it first thing in the morning, but do it before your brain is totally shot during the day. Maybe, maybe you can throw uh, the Bible on CD or, you know, get the Bible on, you know, your, uh, if you have the version app, it'll actually read the Bible aloud to you. You can do it while you're riding to school or something like that. Like, there's all kinds of different ways you can give God good intentional time sacrificially. But that's what God requires. He requires a sacrificial Giving. Mary gave the best that she had, and it cost her something. And Jesus wants the same for us, uh, from us, I should say. Now, here's the third thing. She poured it on his head and on his feet, and then she used her hair 
to wash his feet. Mary worshipped humbly. That's the third blank. She worshipped humbly. Okay? She's, this is a very humble thing. You, you, somebody said that I should have had you guys, somebody wash the feet of these guys. That would have been good. Has anybody ever actually washed anybody else's feet before? A few of you have? Yeah, if you've washed anybody's feet. I have. I've done that before. Um, in the right setting, it can actually be a really cool kind of a spiritual experience. Um, it was for me. Because here's the thing. You are never more humble than when you're washing somebody's feet, okay? That is about as humble, you know, humble means lowly, means not glorifying yourself. And it is hard to make yourself look good when you got your hands on somebody else's gross feet, okay? It is hard to make yourself look good in that situation. It just is. And like I said, I, I've done it before myself. And so I know that, you know, and like we said earlier, they're walking around the desert in sandals and their feet are all gross. In fact, normally rich people had the servants do that because they weren't about to do it. That's beneath them. But Mary, even though she has money, okay, she apparently has some money, she, uh, she gets down and, and she washes his feet. And you notice this, even though she did do it publicly... Uh, her goal was to put the attention on Jesus because she kneels down. She's not trying to get the attention herself. She's putting the attention on Jesus. I know people, uh, a couple weeks ago, after we had had BGMC Sunday, the kids were in church for worship. And that Wednesday night, one of the, uh, I forget which kid it was, I don't know, Christian, or one of the, one of the little boys, I think, uh, one of Emo and Prevet, or Primo and Yvette's little boys, was sitting over here at this table, and he said, hey, man, you can sing really good. And I said, hey, thanks, man, I appreciate it. He goes, you jump a lot. I said, yeah, I do jump a lot. He goes, I didn't know an old guy could jump so much. But uh, I was like, dude, I'm not that old. But here's the thing. I know that people laugh kind of the way I lead worship. I jump around a lot. I spin. You know, I love doing songs with spinning and jumping and dancing in them because I get all into that. But one of the things that I have to be careful of as a worship leader, and this is just kind of how this applies to my life, is in making sure that I'm not doing that for my attention. Like, yes, I do that and I have a good fun and I have a good time with it. I have a lot of fun. But I'm really not necessarily trying to get people to look at me. Okay, my goal in leading worship is to point people towards Jesus. And those of you who hear me pray on a regular basis, I talk a lot about that. I talk about God getting all the glory and making sure Jesus' name is made famous and, and all that kind of stuff. Because worship is about getting us out of the way and letting Jesus have his way. That's what worship is all about. That's the whole goal of worship, is getting us out of the way. And that's exactly what uh, Mary does here. So the question here, here's the application. Do you only worship Jesus, do you only serve Jesus when you can get some credit? Okay, it's super easy to get up and lead worshiping. Everybody look at me, look how good I am at the guitar, yada, yada, yada. That would be easy. But are you willing to serve when you're not going to get any credit? Are you willing to stack chairs? Okay, are you willing to uh, sweep and clean the floor, okay, when, when nobody's watching. Trust me, most Thursday mornings I come in here, I pick up all y'all's trash because it gets left here. And I don't say that for credit because I don't need any credit for it. But that's what I'm talking about, serving when there is no credit to be given, okay. When you know that nobody is going to say thank you, will you still serve and will you still love Jesus? That's the question. See, that's what she's doing here. She's not looking for attention. Mary's not looking for that. She's looking just to love Jesus and to serve Jesus. Now, Here's the opposite side of that story. Here's the opposite. See, after that, going to uh, verse 4, one of his disciples, Judas Iscariot, who was later to betray him, he's a jerk, uh, he objected, 
Why wasn't this perfume sold and the money given to the poor? It was worth a year's wages. He did not say this because he cared about the poor, but because he was a thief. As keeper of the money bag, he used to help himself to what was in it. So Judas Iscariot gets up and he's like, number one, again, let's imagine the situation. It's probably quiet, okay? There's probably not a lot else going on. Because when somebody interrupts dinner to start washing somebody's feet with their hair, everybody kind of pays attention to that, right? So there's probably not a lot of talking going on. Mary's on her knees. She's washing Jesus' feet with this expensive bottle of perfume. And it's quiet. And she's, she's washing his feet and she's drying them off. All of a sudden, Judas stands up, hey! Why is she doing that? that? That perfume bottle was worth a year's wages. Do you know how many poor people we could have fed with that? Which is a reasonable point. But here's the thing. The first thing Judas does is draws the attention to himself. He takes what is probably a quiet, very reverent moment, and he interrupts. And he says, hey, everyone, look at me. Don't look at Jesus and what Mary's doing. Look at me. Judas was greedy for the attention. Judas was greedy for the attention, okay? And here's the other thing that Judas was greedy for. It just said right there, Judas was the keeper of the money bag. He's the accountant. He's the, secret, the treasurer, you know? But he wanted to do what? He wanted to have it for himself. Judas, Judas used to steal from Jesus, okay? That's pretty much what it is. He was the disciple's accountant, but he was skimming some off the top. He was taking money from Jesus' uh, treasury, okay? That's a bad idea. Uh, we should never do that. But it says in verse 6, Judas, he used to help himself to what was in it. So not only is he an attention hog, but he's just greedy for money. He wants to steal from what Mary is doing here. He didn't care about the poor. He just wanted to steal the money for himself. You know what we do today to people who steal money? We kill them? No, we don't kill people for stealing money. I mean, I know we're in Texas, and if you kill us, we will kill you back. I mean, we have the death penalty, but... Uh, yeah, go to jail, right? Like, you steal big amounts of money like that, you're going to jail. Just cut off their hand, Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves style. So, so yeah, so that's what, that's what Judas is doing here. He's looking to steal. So here's the question, and here's the point, and I need you all to stay with me for the last couple minutes here because we're almost done. When Jesus is moving, and I don't know if y'all know this, but right now in our church, Jesus is moving. People getting saved every week. Uh, the church is growing. We have doubled in size in the past six months. Uh, we've got the numbers to prove it. Here's the thing. Hey, 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 stay with me, guys, please. We're almost done. When Jesus is doing things, are you a Mary, worshiping generously, sacrificially, humbly, or are you Judas, greedy, looking for your own attention? That's the question. That's the big point tonight. That's the big issue of the evening. Are you Mary? Loving Jesus so that everybody knows it, but not looking for attention? Giving of your time, giving of your money, giving of your energy sacrificially? Or are you Judas? Being greedy, being all about me. I want you to close your eyes for a minute. We're just going to reflect for a few minutes here. Nobody's looking around. Nobody on their phones. At this point, we're, we're done with the Bible notes and all that kind of stuff. And I want you to take an honest look into your life. There's a psalm that talks about that, about God. Show me if there's any wicked way in me. And right now, I want you to let God do that. 
And, and this may be a little hard. You may be a little bit uh, convicted of some things. That's okay. Like I said, I have to check the humility one every time I grab a microphone, every time I, uh, every time I, I hold an instrument in my hands or lead worship or anything like that. I have to, I have to ask God, God, am I doing this for me or am I doing this for you? So, uh, you know, I'm right with you having to check on these things. But I'm going to pray, and I, and I want you to think about how this relates to you. Again, are you worshiping God sacrificially and humbly and, and publicly, or are you just all about you? Are you Judas? And, and whichever one you are, you can pray to God. Just ask God to help you be more like Mary. Okay, it's not going to be an overnight thing. It's not going to be an instantaneous thing where, boom, you know, some magical genie, three wishes, all of a sudden, you're totally perfect. That's not how life works. We all know that. But I want you to ask God the simple request of God, make me more like Mary. Heavenly Father, I thank you for, once again, for your word. God, for these stories that... Uh, that even if we've heard a number of times, we still get new things from. Uh, and, and, and if we haven't heard them before, God, we can just dig into them and learn these things that, that you have put in the Bible to teach us. God, I pray, Lord, that we would be like Mary. God, if we're in a situation where we have, uh, we, we believe in you, but we're not living it out publicly. God, I pray for these students, God, that you would help them to be public. Not hitting people over the head with the Bible, God, but just loving people the way you loved us. God, that, that we would, uh, you know, we would love the people that are hard to love, that we would help those that need it. Lord, like you said, the way we have treated the least of these, we've also done unto you. And so, God, I pray that you would help us to treat everybody the way you would. God, publicly, and not pulling everybody to the side, and God, but so that everybody can see you. Not so they can see us, but so they can see you. Lord, I pray that we would serve sacrificially, that we would give the best of our time, that we would give the most of, of, of our time and our prime attention and our prime energy, and not just give you the nasty cold leftovers. And Lord, I pray that we would serve you humbly. God, that it would not be about us. God, and, and if that means you have to humble us a little bit, then so be it, Lord. But, God, I've prayed a hundred times before, but I, but I still mean it, Lord. Everything that I do, I want it to be for your glory. And, Lord, I pray the same would be true of each student here. God, that every good grade, every athletic feat, every... Uh, every solo in a musical thing, every whatever it may be, Lord, everything that we do, every interaction in the hallways, every homework that we turn in would be for your glory. It would not be about getting us the recognition, but it would be about your glory and making you famous among those around us. Heavenly Father, I just pray right now over each student. God, you know the needs that are here. You know the sicknesses and the social issues and the issues with friends and bullies. And you know the, the family members who are struggling with cancer and Pastor Todd's dad who's dealing with cancer. And, and Lord, the friend who was being bullied was talked about last week. And Lord, you know every need that I've forgotten and, and the ones that I remembered and the ones that I don't know about. And God, I just pray right now in this place 
that you would do your work in our lives, that we would get out of the way and let you have your way so that you can be glorified and your name can be lifted up and you will draw men unto you because you have promised us that you will. God, we thank you. We love you. God, and it's in the name of your son, Jesus, we pray. Everybody said, amen.